Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. We're a little low on numbers tonight with everybody at uh, camp and it being the holiday weekend. So, But the singing's still going to sound as good, isn't it? <laughs> tonight we'll have three songs and then Chad Judge will have our reading and prayer. One more song, and then Nathan Payne will have our lesson this evening. Our first song is number 802. 802, if you would, let's stand for this song, please. Battle Hymn of the Republic, or Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory. seated. Our next song is number 450, Nearer My God to Thee.
Number 756, 756, when we all get to heaven. After this, Chad will have our reading and prayer. Scripture reading for tonight comes from 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 through 8. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you now thanking you for this beautiful day that you have given us, the times that we've had today to come together as a church family to worship you and to praise, uh, to study your word and praise, uh, have praises towards you. Father, we thank you for all the many blessings that you have given us. We thank you for the country that we do live in, that we do have this freedom to come and to, to study your word and to worship you. Father, we, we pray that you'll be with Nathan tonight as he presents us a, a lesson from your word, that he will give it to, uh, to us in a way that we can apply it to our lives and that we can be better Christians. Father, we do have so many that's on our prayer list that have 
health issues that are dealing with cancer and other issues that you'll continue to be with them and you'll strengthen and, and you guide them uh, through, their, through their ordeal. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us and we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Song of Invitation this evening is number 745, Where Could I Go? 745. If you would, let's stand again. We'll sing number 595. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye there, man. It's a little better. I'm glad that Cy mentioned that it was a holiday and church camp and not the preacher was the reasons the numbers were down. Um, uh, I am Nathan Payne, if you don't know, and uh, I am grateful for the opportunity from the elders to be able to stand up here and um, talk a little bit about uh, the Bible. I always enjoy these opportunities. It gets me to think, gets me to study a little bit more. Uh, and so, thankful for that opportunity. I'm also thankful that it is uh, 4th of July Eve. Uh, it is, 4th of July might be legitimately my favorite holiday. It's definitely in the top two. Um, I, I love freedom. I love everything it, in this country represents. And um, so enjoy tomorrow. Don't, you know, watch fireworks. Don't blow off your fingers. Eat hot dogs. And have a good time. Enjoy freedom. I mean, where else in the world can you come and leave the doors unlocked and come here and have a good time and, and talk about Jesus? This is, not a, this is not a privilege that the rest of the world enjoys, so never forget the freedoms 
that you have and the patriots that were, that were around to stand up for those freedoms. But tonight we're going to talk a few minutes uh, about Christian living and exactly what does that mean. You know, when we talk about Christian living, when I say the words, the phrase Christian living, what comes to your mind? You might have a, a, a parent or a grandparent or someone that you grew up knowing that was just a great Christian example, someone that you, look, you looked up to, um, someone that meant a lot to you, and maybe that's what you think of when you think, oh, that's good Christian living. You know, maybe, you know, you think of a particular Bible character, uh, you know, whatever you might think of, you know, we want to tonight dig into what that phrase means. How do we, how do we become good at Christian living? What does it mean to be a good Christian? Well, one of the examples in the Bible that I wanted to look at tonight uh, was, was Paul. You know, Paul was kind of a gold standard when it came to, to uh, serving God and living for God. If you don't remember, Paul spent his entire life serving God. You know, he was from the tribe of Levi. He grew up following um, the Old Testament. He was a Pharisee. He, the Bible says he was a Jew of Jews. He was doing everything that he knew to serve God. In fact, when we meet him for the first time in the New Testament, he was actually persecuting the church because he felt that they were trying to pervert God's way. And it wasn't until he met Christ in on the road to Damascus that he realized that he was incorrect. And so he spent the rest of his 20 or so years after that in dedication to Christ, going around on mission trips, serving Christ, and continuing to follow God, spreading God's word and God's message. So the verse that was read to you uh, just a moment ago comes from his last book. Uh, he writes this book to a young minister named Timothy, uh, Paul is kind of like a mentor to Tim Timothy, and he is writing this book, and especially the last couple of chapters of this book, um, giving some encouragement to Timothy. Paul knows that he's about to be executed, that he's not going to be around for Timothy anymore, and so part of this is some encouragement to Timothy to help him to carry on Christian living without Paul there. So rereading uh, you know, verses 6 through 8 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is a store for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. And so when, I, when I've, I've read this several, passage several times, and I always find it interesting, a little bit peculiar, peculiar, that he decides to characterize his Christian life as fighting a fight or running a race. Has anybody ever stopped to think about that, why he would choose to use those two phrases? Well, good, you've come to the right place. Because I'm going to tell you, I think, why he characterizes uh, his Christian living, his Christian life as, as fighting a fight or uh, running a race. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. The first takeaway I think that Paul is trying to make here is that Christian living uh, requires active participation. We all, we all watch football, we all watch baseball, basketball, team sports, where 
individuals have to perform well, but it's the cumulative effort of the team that determines the victory or the loss. Whereas when we talk about a race or we talk about a fight, it's an individual event. It's a solo endeavor. It involves personal struggle, dedication, and it's a journey one must take. You cannot get help legally winning a race or fighting a fight. You must do this on your own. You must be active involved. You know, if you are on a team sport, you can slack off and your teammates will pick you up and carry you, you know, pick up the slack. But with a fight, um, if you're not on your A game, if you're not actively doing your best, you're going to get knocked out. If you're not actively trying to run and do your best, if you're not controlling your breathing, you're going you're gonna to have problems. You're not going to be able to finish the race. It takes personal involvement. It takes active participation. I'm going to look at the example that James writes for us in James chapter 2. It's not a spectator sport. I forgot. Yeah. In, in James chapter 2, I want to look at uh, chapter, uh, chapter 2 verses 14 through 19. And I want to see what James has to say about faith and, and, and you know, Christian living. So if you want to follow along, starting in verse 14, it says, What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? What if uh, one of you says, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but the other but does nothing about their physical need? What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some of you will say, I have faith. You have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God good. Even the, belie- the, the demons believe that and shudder. Now, two verses are, I want to look at when we talk about what James has to say to the, uh, the reader is that without these deeds or without these actions, the faith really doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, he even says that the demons believe and that does them no good, that it's a combination of your faith and your deeds or your actions um, that really um, show your character. You know, he says it's, it's the combination of those. It's your active involvement. It's, it's the personal commitment that it takes, that it requires um, to make that faith successful and make that, that faith fruitful. So apart from being an active participant, apart from being having to be personally involved in Christian living, the next thing I think it requires is it requires training. When you think about fighting, you think about racing, it takes a lot of training. You know, I can say that I'm the best fighter there's ever been. And in that room it might be in, the, in this room it might be true. But if I go into a a uh, ring with that gentleman, Mr. Mike Tyson, saying that I'm the best fighter that's ever been, but I've not done the training, if I've not done the uh, taking the time and commitment that it takes to be the best fighter, it doesn't matter how much I say it, I'm going to end up on the floor. You know, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication to be good at something. We're talking about the professional fighters, professional uh, runners. It takes years of years of practice and hard work and dedication to be the best. And so when Paul talks about the idea of running a race or fighting a fight, I think he's talking about, he's talking about the same sort of requirement, that we need to be training, we need to be diligent, we need to be committed to this this task. 
You know, when I, you know, I've always been a, a goal-oriented person. Someone who likes to challenge myself, likes to do things that are make me uncomfortable. Um, you know, believe it or not, I used to be close to 300 pounds. I used to be a lot bigger than I am now. And so I would pick these things that I would, should not be able to do in order to kind of like kickstart my motivation to like train or to work hard. One of those things I did was, um, was a triathlon back in 2015. If you, don't, if you don't know, a triathlon is a, a half-mile swim, a 15-mile bike ride, and a 3.1-mile run back-to-back-to-back. You get out of the water, you get on the bicycle. You get off the bicycle, you immediately take off running. I couldn't show up to that race day at Harris Riverfront Park and jump in the Ohio River and swim that half mile if I hadn't trained for that. You know, I could have, but then they, they would have been pulling me out of the river. I could, it took a lot of hard work. It took a lot of dedication. But I did it. I, I, you know, I didn't win the thing, don't get me wrong, but I finished. And that's the important thing is that I, I, it took a lot of hard work, but I was able to complete the task. Fast forward a couple years, I said, well, I've done that. What else can I challenge myself? I need something bigger, uh, a little bit more, a little more stressful. So I decided, hey, why don't I run a half marathon? 13.1 miles, that seems like a long, time, long way, and trust me, it is. Um, it took a lot of training, a lot of hard work. There were a lot of days where it was hot and I didn't want to run. I was running about four days a week for about three months prep, prepping for this. There were days where my knees hurt. There were days where it was hot. There were days where it was raining. And I just wanted to just say, no, I, I don't want to do it today. But I had to force myself to say, look, you've, de- you've, you've committed to this. You need to train to make yourself successful because there's no point in doing it if you're not going to do your best and be successful. So I did it. And Sam and Luke even helped me finish the race. They even got medals, although they only ran the 100-yard football field, and I ran the whole, which they said, why did you run the whole thing, Dad? They gave you a medal if you just run the 100 yards. So, you know, my point of this, you know, in our Christian lives, you know, we should be really striving to be our best. And that requires active participation, and it requires a lot of physical training. And not just physical training. Consider what Paul uh, writes to Timothy in his first letter. In Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Starting in you know, verse 7 through 8. You know, he says, Rather train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both this present life and this life to come. Again, Paul's not telling you, you know, telling you, hey, you can do this physical training. This is, it's, it does have, you have some benefit. But what you really should be focusing your training on is this spiritual training, this godliness. Because the physical training, you can be the, the best physical specimen in this entire world, the fastest runner, the highest jumper, the strongest lifter. And at some point, you're going to get old and you're going to die. And then what good was all that training? But here Paul tells us, or tells Timothy in his first letter, that the spiritual training is going to do you well in this life and the one to come. You know, so when we talk about Christian living, it's this training, it's this dedication, it's this commitment to training and excellence. Um, it's being an active participant. 
Consider also what was written about the Bereans. In Acts 17, verse 11, it says, Now the Bereans were of more noble character than those of Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. These Christians at Berea were actively participating in their Christian faith. They were, they were studying the scriptures daily. They were making sure what Paul said was true because they wanted to be good Christians. We should be studying. We should be reading our Bibles. Read your Bibles. Make sure what I say up here is right. Fact check me. You should be studying your word of God. You should be training in godliness, as Paul writes. You know, if we're not training for our Christian lives, then what good is it to be sitting in, this, in these pews? What good is it to come to church if you're not putting that faith, that, the deeds with your faith? What, point, what good is it to come here and say you believe in God if you're not following through with your faith and, and your Christian life like you should? You know, I would, you know, I would say that a training, you know, the training of the mind and your body to focus on what is good is critically important. Because, you know, your Christian life, it's a, it's a development. It's a growth process. There's not anybody that can say, I have learned everything about the Bible. There's no one that can say, I've done it all. I know it all. I've completed my physical or my spiritual training. You know, we are always developing our Christian uh, lives. And we should always be striving to grow. Because if you're not growing as a Christian, then you are dying as a Christian. So what's the point of all of this? What's the point of being an active participant? What's the point of training and dedication and all of this? What's the reward? Consider what uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 9. Paul's good at asking the questions and giving the answers for the same questions. So when we ask, well, what's the point of this hard work and dedication and, and active participation in Christian life? Well, Paul here gives you the answer. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes to strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Here, Paul is, is pretty cl clear when he says, you know, everybody, ha all the runners have the goal to win the prize, but only one of them gets it. We ought to be, in the, in the same way every runner of the race is trying their best to complete it, we ought to, as Christians, live our Christian life in such a way that we are striving to be the best so that we can earn this prize. You know, we get this, you know, we as Christians, when we are faithful until the end, we get this crown of righteousness, this, this prize, this, this, this eternal home with God forever. And that is the result of our Christian living here on earth. If we put in the training, if we, if we work hard, if we're dedicated, if we're committed, if we're active participants, then we will, re, we will run as the, in, in such a way to achieve that prize. 
You know, we don't want to be running aimlessly, as Paul says. We want to be running with a purpose. We want to be fighting with a purpose. As we read, as we read earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 4, you know, when Paul said he's being poured out like a drink offering, his life is over, he knows it, he's going on to his reward. He says, I have fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. You know, as Christians, if you are here tonight and you have been actively participating in your Christian life, you've been studying, you've been putting in the training and time and dedication, there will be a crown of righteousness for you when your days here on this earth are done. And we, we have that as a promise, as a guarantee. Paul writes that it's not just for him, not just for him being the best. It's for everyone who, who longs for his appearing, who, who strives to run the race and fight the fight and keep the faith. You know, if, you, if you're here tonight and you've, you've been living this Christian life, but you've not been giving, giving it 100% of effort, if you've not been training like you need to be training, I encourage you to start that training, to restart that training. I encourage you to... to be active and participate in your Christian life. Uh, accompany your faith with the deeds in order to be uh, a fruitful Christian. You know, if you need the prayers of the church, we're here. Uh, you know, if you've never become a Christian tonight, you know, it's on the eve of, of 4th of July where we celebrate independence and we celebrate freedom. What, what better way to start your celebration of freedom than to become up here, to be baptized and become free from sins, to be to be you know, free from the burden of, of sin and death by putting Jesus on a baptism. You know, I can't think of a better way to start your life of freedom. Uh, start that Christian, that Christian life, start that race, start that fight. Um, and then it's all, about, it's all about putting in the work. But whatever needs you might have uh, tonight, uh, please come as we stand and as we sing.
Thank you, Nathan. Uh, we got a few announcements to go with this evening before we dismiss. Uh, Fort Hill Youth Camp uh, starts today, so keep the campers in your prayers this week. July 13th, Teen Ice Cream Social at Austin's in Cerrito. July 15th, uh, Friday, is Family Game Night. And July 17th through 20th is a disaster relief trip to Waverly, Tennessee. See Chris for details on that. Friday, July 29th is the father-son camp out at Leap's Cabin. And if you're interested in going on a mission trip to Peru, June 13th to the 22nd and next year, speak with Chris also on that. And also a reminder, Thursday's ladies uh, class is canceled for the month of July. There's a birthday card in the back for Babe Jones on the foyer table. For you to sign, she's turning 104. Remember on a prayer list, Lisa Bazin, that's Hank's girlfriend. Uh, Jennifer Baker's numbers were too low to do treatments this week. Doctors hoping to do treatments every three weeks. Remember Jim Haney, Janie and Glenn Judge. Uh, Sandy Galloway received good news. Her lymph nodes were all clear, so they think they've got all the cancer out for her. That's great news. Remember Vicki Bowen, and also remember the family of Todd Blankenship as he died this weekend in a drowning accident. Is there any other announcements that need to be made? If not, we'll have a closing song and a closing word of prayer. Our last song this evening is number 801, America the Beautiful. 801. Oh, yeah. Since he forgot to announce it. Took me a second. I'm like, what? Yeah, what about the Lord's Supper? <laughs> the Lord's Supper is still prepared uh, over in this room. Uh, to my left, your right. Uh, if you need to uh, partake of that, you can do that now. 801, America the Beautiful.
Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for allowing us all to come together here to praise you tonight. Thank you for allowing everybody to get up to Fort Hill safely, and please help them to all have a safe, great week to worship you, Lord. Uh, please help people to become leaders and grow closer to you this week. Please help us to have a good rest of the week at our jobs and doing whatever else we're doing, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.